a prognostication Tuesday here on Locked on Suns. DeAndre Ayton's all-star odds, NBA buyout candidates, and laughing at the Lakers to close the show. All of it's coming up. Don't miss it right here on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, covering the Suns the past five seasons as a credentialed media member. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single day. We are on YouTube, growing that channel slowly but surely. Giveaways abound. I got a towel. I have a Kelly Oubre bobblehead. Uh, maybe more to come. I'm actually looking at another bobblehead right here that I haven't even brought up that I'm happy to ship out if the subscriptions keep coming. So if you have not already, go ahead and do that. We are also on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, wherever you listen. And the best way to support the show is to keep on listening like you already are. I liked my use of keep on there. I haven't used that phrase since I feel like I was 12 years old or maybe younger, but it fits and I love it and it's here. And so are we today. A little bit of a grab bag episode as these off day shows tend to be. You heard the rundown at the top, so we'll dive right in. First though, folks, today's show is brought to you by Truebill, the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need. Truebill can even negotiate better deals on the ones you want to keep. DeAndre Ayton has had an exemplary season, a surprising season, an impressive season, Uh, running out of ways to describe it, frankly, because I think it's his best season and I've already told you why. So rather than continue to just praise the growth that we've seen from Mr. Ayton, I figured I would talk about his all-star odds because we are at that time of year voting opens on Saturday on Christmas. So it would not hurt for him to have a nice night against the Warriors as he has as at least he did in that first game against them and and the second one for the most part as well, though it was a blowout a little bit. But it's time. It's time to start thinking about whether this man will be at his first All-Star game here in his fourth season. A tip of the hat to the Timeline podcast, folks. I definitely don't want to come across like I do not know that they talked about it as well. Uh, So Matt, uh, Mike, Sam, good job with that. I have not listened, but... You, uh, you did start the dialogue that you wanted to start. I, I did mention last night on my recap show that I was planning to talk about this, but I don't, I don't like the ugliness of acting as if I don't know and is he stealing the content and blah, 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 blah. So that's not what's happening, but it's time to talk about it. And for good reason, because this guy's having, again, the best season of his career and he's having a very good stretch lately. And so I've talked about his finishing around the basket being at an all-time high his versatility on how he's able to be a role man in the pick and roll. His defense has not missed a beat. He looks like the guy we saw in the playoffs, but even more expansive of a game. So nothing but good things to say for the most part, especially lately. And yet, when you look at it, despite a near career high in scoring, Um, 16.8 would be the second highest of his career rebounding right about where 
it typically has been a little higher than last year. Field goal percent, all this, all the counting stats, he's basically right around where he's been his whole career. His advanced numbers are the best they've ever been, though. 2.0 box plus minus. The box plus minus loves his offense this season, which has been a little bit of a surprise. And then still by far the best defensive season of his career in that metric as well, even if it's not quite as bullish on the defense as some of us who watch him might be. 2.0, though, doesn't get you where most centers who make the all-star team get. And that's really where the conversation starts. If you look back the past two or three all-star games, there have been three mainstay players. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert. Those are the three guys who I believe the past two all-star teams, uh, all-star games, all three of those players have been on the rosters. Now, pretty clearly, to me at least, Rudy Gobert is an obvious comp, right? And... It took him a little bit longer. He didn't make his first all-star season, all-star team until his, I believe that is his eighth season at age 27, firmly in the middle of his prime. His box plus minus was far higher than 2.0, mostly because of his defense when he made his first all-star team. Last year, it was about the same. Uh, Best season of his career, I think you could probably say, uh, as far as the balance of the offense and the defense. His 2018-19 season was great as well. He did not make the All-Star team, but it took a while of proving it to the voters, is my point. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, as much as I uh, love DeAndre Ayton and what he's doing this season so far, it's very difficult for me to sit here and compare him to those players. But if you rewind a bit further than that, you get to Bam Adebayo, who was an All-Star in his third, second, his third season. He is in his fifth season. He's one year uh, more experienced than Aiton. He made his first all-star team in 2020, just before the shutdown in his third NBA season. And that is probably the most comparable place that you can really go. And what's interesting to me, Bam, who has not had a great year and last year, It seemed like a lot of Heat fans were disappointed in him, although it was statistically his best season ever. That third season, though, the defense was just at another level statistically than what Aiton has put together so far. And Bam has always been a little bit of a more dynamic offensive player in terms of the playmaking that he has. He has a little bit more of a jump shot and off the dribble game. He is smaller, so he can just do a little bit more for you. His box plus minus that season, which is by no means, you know, the end all be all. I obviously know that, but it's useful just to compare players year to year and person to person was at 3.4. So nearly double what Aiton's is at. However, the youth, the fact that um, he did not have that track record and he's nowhere near the Embiid Jokic tier as a as a scorer and creator and all of that. He's not an MVP candidate the way that those two players are. So I think that's probably the best comparison. Somewhere between Adebayo and Gobert is where Aiton is going to have to fall. I would say some of what he has going on his side here is he is much, much better. Um, as a, He's on a much, much better team, rather, than Bam was that season. I mean, the Heat were a middle-tier, middle middle-seeded 
Eastern Conference team. I mean, until the bubble, they did not look like a championship contender, and yet he still made that all-star team. Rudy Gobert, on the other hand, you know, I don't think that he has quite the reputation offensively as Aiton does. Even as much as we all complain and rip our hair out sometimes wanting to see more from Aiton, we still have to put things into perspective, and he is already a more well-rounded offensive player than I think Gobert is in terms of having that floater game, having a little bit of passing, and uh, you know all the other things that he does that maybe are similar to Gobert. So those are probably the ways that he has the upper hand over those two guys who are his closest comparisons, but I still think at the end of the day, his stats are not quite at that level that are begging to be voted in. So what he'll have to benefit from and capitalize on is team success and smart fan or, or media voting him in. I think Gobert will clearly be a candidate again this year. I think Embiid and Jokic will clearly be candidates again this year. Anthony Davis will not be. Zion Williamson will not be. So that helps him. And, you know, I think the precedent here is some of those Spurs teams, the Hawks team, even last year's Jazz, who had three All Stars, where these very hot starting Western, or not, not always Western Conference teams, but in this case, they've tended to come from the West, that play an egalitarian style. They, Voters want to reward them, and I don't think Aiton will make it in on the fan vote, but I think you could see the coaches or the media actually have a say here where uh, the players might actually get in, uh, where Aiton might actually get in. And by the players, I mean multiple Suns players might actually have a chance to get in, aside from just Booker and Paul. You know, you might see Bridges get some votes. You will probably see Aiton get some votes, and I think that's what he's going to have to count on. Can the Suns overall success and his, you know, the nerdy fans noticing his his exemplary season, can that combine to get him in there? And I think the, pleas- the, the, the positive thing for him is he has a lot of time to go. I mean, voting doesn't end until, I believe, a couple weeks before the All-Star game. So it's not around until around the Super Bowl where we really need to, you know, see the finished product of what his season is going to be. If he continues on the trajectory that he's been, which is very much upward, then you shouldn't have much of a problem at least getting the support. And then it's just a matter of, can you beat out some of these other players? I'm excited to continue to see it go. Um, I think he will only get better. I think he's diligent about committing to some of the new things that he's incorporating into his game. It's not like they are just blips. They are continuing game after game, especially in the month of December. So of course, not the last time we're talking about DeAndre Ayton in the All-Star game, but interested to see where it goes. Next up, I want to talk about Daniel House, an old Suns favorite who set off the NBA buyout arms race a little bit when the Rockets agreed to a deal to buy him out this season. He has not landed anywhere. Will he make sense on the Suns? And if not, who else could be out there for the Suns? First, though, quick word from Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Well, it's not hard to guess. It's a business scam. Greedy corporations just trying to get your money. Well, don't let them. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. Because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel, 
not doing you any favors in terms of reminders or nice notes. No, they want to keep that money. Well, Truebill flips that on its head. They make it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel the unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your Truebill concierge will monitor the other subscriptions that you might be signed up for to prompt you. Hey, you don't use this one. Do you want to get rid of it? Yes, please. Thank you, Truebill. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's show also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. So head to their new updated desktop site or mobile app, make an account today. And when you do use the promo code locked on, when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus, that's promo code locked on. When you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account from football and basketball to the NHL boxing UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available at bet online throughout 2021 and beyond. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. DeAndre Ayton's all-star candidacy in the books here for us, but a lot still to get to. Thank you for making Locked on Suns your first listen every single day. I mentioned going into the break, Daniel House Jr., a, um, how should we say this? Notorious. NBA player, both in the Valley, where he uh, really, I mean, honestly, got one of his first shots in the league as a, uh, he might have been a two-way player or a 10-day player back during the the dark days of the tank, and I believe it was the 2018-19 season when he was here. It might have been the, the previous. I actually, I might be wrong there, but he played pretty well and then of course made a name for himself in Houston where he was on some of those Chris Paul and James Harden squads got his shot defending Kevin Durant and you know maybe you vary on how much you think he really helped them as one of their starters in that run but the fact remains he's kind of pretty pretty close to what the Suns need and so he was bought out by Houston really the first player to be bought out, or I'm not actually sure if that's official. It came from Woj. It's one of those things where it may be a little bit before it actually uh, is finalized. But nevertheless, he's a big wing. He is a relatively in his prime player. It's not as if you worry about injuries or anything like that with him. Um, He is, let's see, 28 years old. Problem is, he has very much leveled off over the past two seasons on a tanking Rockets team ever since, um, well, both of them, Chris Paul and James Harden, left. He has not been the same guy. He shot 35%, which is less than league average from deep last season, and he's at 29% from deep this season. His defensive box plus minus, which I guess is just a stat we're going to go with full time now here is a negative 1.2, which is pretty bad. So he's never been an incredible player. He's always had limitations. 
But I think he's a type of guy that you could see the Suns look at because the reality is they're really looking for somebody who can fill that Abdul Nader role, right? I mean, maybe by the end of a, you know, second, third, fourth round playoff series, he's not even in the rotation. But at the very least, you want somebody a little better than Nader who can defend a little bit, make open shots, play with pace, fit into this system, not make mistakes. And I think House at least checks enough of those boxes. However, we're going to get we're going to start hearing names pretty soon as far as who might get bought out. And Suns fans, I'm sure, are wanting to know what the hell is happening with this 15th roster spot. Um, how do the Suns still have it? How are they going to fill it? And I think the trade market and the buyout market are both going to feature the Suns pretty prominently with that extra roster spot, with the extra money they have from their buy, uh, their mid-level exception. The fact that we know Jalen Smith is on the outs here, the fact that they can trade first-round picks, they have most of their own picks still, so they're not really in jeopardy of strapping themselves out too badly there. They have the means to make deals, is my point. So both of these things will be happening together. So the Thaddeus Young situation, I've talked about Eric Gordon. The reality is, in the NBA, a lot of the guys who get traded for or who get bought out, rather, are guys who don't get traded for. They're the ones who can't find a landing spot, and then the teams just say, okay, to hell with you, goodbye. And uh, that's that's the most lo- logical thing. I mean, there's not a lot of players who never are on the trade market and then suddenly are just bought out. I mean, House is the exception there. So here are a few other names that I think will be on the trade market, but on the trade block. But at the same time, I do think for either age reasons, salary reasons, whatever, could end up more likely to be bought out because I don't know how much teams are going to want to give up to trade for them, yet they still have some value. Here are the names. Down in Orlando, two players, actually. I'll start with the less likely one first, and that is Gary Harris. Harris has only played 24 or so games for them. Not a lot of minutes um, traded in the Aaron Gordon deal. Orlando is not trying to win games. Harris is in his prime. Those are all the pros. He is a youngish player, can make shots, has a little bit of off-the-bounce game. The cons are he's dealt with injuries quite a bit lately. He's very small for a wing player, and he hasn't been productive. I mean, that's just the flat out truth. More likely option from the magic. The other part with Harris is he's making like $20 million. So it's maybe more that the magic would just keep him and then let him be a free agent. And it's just not worth it for them to pay him all that money. If he's not at least going to play for them. Terrence Ross is the other player here though, because you might've forgotten that Terrence Ross was on the magic. I don't, I wouldn't have blamed you. He was obviously the guy out in Toronto for a while scoring 40, 50 points some nights and and setting the dunk contest ablaze. But he signed that new contract with the Magic after getting traded there. And it was that same offseason when they traded for or when they signed Vucevic to another big deal, kind of saying, hey, we're going to keep trying to win. Well, last year they they tore it down, trading Gordon, trading Vucevic, but they did not get rid of Ross. And he is on the last year of his contract I actually think he is a pretty interesting option. I think defensively for in most matchups, he is going to be a major, major liability. 
Um, he's never been a great defender. He is now in his 30s. He is on the small side in terms of uh, just sort of, you know, bulk. He's not a guy who's going to hold his ground against a LeBron James switch, for instance, or a Luka Doncic switch, or whatever you might prefer as your comparison there. So he is that liability, but he can create his own shot. He is a good shooter. He has uh, that ability to play in transition the way that the Suns like to play. I think he would be a pretty interesting option. More offense than defense, but nevertheless, somebody who I think could help. The Rockets. I already mentioned Daniel House. I've already talked about Eric Gordon in the past. He's having a pretty solid season. Him moving into the starting lineup has really helped Houston. He is a great shooter still. He has more size and physicality than you think. Although, obviously, similarly, he's a guy who's dealt with injuries for most of his career. He is on the older side. So, again, is he somebody who, in the Game 7 of the NBA Finals, is really going to be in your rotation? Maybe not. But you don't always get lucky with the Torrey Craig types. You just you just don't. So, I don't think it's fair to hold him to that standard. I do think he could still help. Last but not least, Thad Young, I will not spend too much time on. I've talked about him, like, once a week for two months at this point. You know what he is. Playmaking big man. Uh, more of the Sharich role than the Craig role, but still somebody who could help this team. Lastly, though, is a player that I talked about as a free agent. I think actually both of the past two seasons, it's Garrett Temple. Now, again, he is on the wrong side of 30, and he is, um, you know, nobody's idea of a defensive stopper, but I think he can survive in a good defensive scheme. He has better size than somebody like Harris or Gordon, and he has been a really good shooter even as he ages. So I would keep an eye on Garrett Temple of the New Orleans Pelicans. They clearly don't need him. He went there. for, In my opinion, it seemed like they were the only team willing to give him the bigger salary, similar to JaVale McGee here. He got a little bit more than the minimum to go to, to the Pelicans, and they're not really winning any games. I don't think that they have their sights set on a playoff spot at this point. So they could easily move on from him. I don't think any team's really going to be in a hurry to trade for him. So that could be where he ends up on the buyout market. And I think this would be an, an awesome situation for him. The last thing I want to say on the note of Temple is a cultural point. And that's what we have to keep in mind when it comes to buyouts, trades, whoever it might be that we hear connected to the Suns. They are not going to go get players who do not fit culturally especially with this Sarver investigation holding looming over them, especially with how much is at stake this season, wanting to get back to the finals and win a championship, they're not going to take on a player who doesn't fit, who won't sacrifice, who won't commit to playing in this system, and who is a distraction, frankly. I would even go so far as to say they probably won't want to take on any players who aren't vaccinated. This team is so singular in its purpose, and they all buy in that Daniel House, who was screwing around in the bubble and, and trying to get laid and, and uh, jeopardize the health of that whole entire operation. Not somebody that I necessarily think the Suns will gravitate toward. On the other hand, though, I actually feel like that's a point in the positive column for Garrett Temple, who was uh, on the NBPA executive committee with Chris Paul, is widely renowned as an awesome dude no matter where he has been, even if he hasn't always stuck where he plays. Uh, he's a guy who I think would be a great cultural fit. So just keep that in mind as you hear names as you th- and as you are thinking about the possibilities for your Phoenix Suns. That's just something to keep in mind. All right, let's close out the show with a quick preview of the Lakers game. Tonight, TNT, who knows who's going to be playing by this point. It's so difficult to know this day and age, but it's a fun 
game nevertheless, and uh, I want to laugh at the Lakers. So we'll get into that in just a second. First, though, a quick word from Boost Mobile. Love to talk to you guys about Boost Mobile. Love to tell you that Boost Mobile is changing the game. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all the knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Suns Lakers tonight. TNT. 8 o'clock local time. Late game I can't lie to you guys. I have been looking forward to the day where the Suns are in all these national TV games and then they get here and I have to admit to you that I am completely worn out of these late starts and I'm an old man and they are making my hair gray and they're making me cranky, but it should be fun nevertheless. Uh, Folks over at silverscreenandroll.com who I uh, always appreciate the diligence with which they give us the information about this team have a nice handy who on the Lakers is in the NBA health and safety protocol, which is very useful. Um, they actually don't have a ton of players in the protocol. All things considered compared to some teams in the league. Reeves, Monk, Bradley, Horton Tucker, Howard, and Bazemore are in the health and safety protocol as of now, but that can change obviously day to day. We don't know. Secondly, the bigger thing, and here's where I'm going to start to laugh, uh, and not because of anybody's health. Don't get me wrong, I'm not rubbing it in and laughing at a player being hurt, but Anthony Davis is out again. Again. Again, Anthony Davis is out with a knee injury, and my lasting memory of Anthony Davis is him laboring and lumbering around the court in game six of the Western Conference quarterfinals. Is that even? Yeah, that's what it's called, the first round. Daring everybody to challenge him again and proving how tough he was, making a fool of himself and jeopardizing his health. I'm sympathetic to the mental struggles of a player who is such so heavily scrutinized. He brings a lot of it on himself, but I get it. It's difficult. Hell if I know what it's like to be under the spotlight of pro sports like that. However, he is hurt again. He is out again. His body has not looked right all season. He's not playing well. And I can't help but think that that memory, that lasting image of those, that game six is... The last that we'll see of him, uh, of this team at, at its best. Did the Suns kill the Lakers? This is something I may have to bring up with a guest because I feel like I am talking myself into it and I'm getting ahead of myself here. But I thought the Suns had a chance in that first round series last season. 
even before Anthony Davis went down because I did not like how LeBron looked and I did not think that AD alone was going to do that much damage. If you replay that series and AD is healthy and also Chris Paul does not suffer that fluke injury, I think I think the Suns still have a chance and they won anyway because AD did go down and because Devin Booker went supernova in game six then they go out and trade for Russell Westbrook, of all people, and they suffer a humiliating beatdown right in the first week of the season at the hands of your Phoenix Suns, and it's been pretty mediocre, if not worse than that, since. So tomorrow night, they're going to roll out Westbrook, probably Ellington, LeBron, maybe Carmelo, maybe DeAndre Jordan. They're not going to have any shot. The Suns are going to win this game. It's going to continue to be embarrassing, and then they're going to do what every LeBron team does, which is going to be to trade Talon Horton Tucker, the last player who has any sort of value on this team to trade. They're going to strip the roster down. They're going to have no assets going forward, and then LeBron will retire, or maybe he will leave, and then it will be embarrassing again because they will be right back to square one. They got their title. Of course, cannot take that away from them. However... The Suns may have slayed this version of the Lakers. It might be over. They have one star who can't stay healthy and doesn't know what he wants to be as a player. And they have another star who's 37 and is not in the staying healthy category much himself. And their third star is not a star. You guys have, you probably noticed I'm getting spicier. This Suns team is so good. I'm getting cocky. You talk about them every day. You appreciate how great they are every day. And it's hard not to get cocky and on a high horse and a little bit ahead of myself, but such is life, such is the NBA. I will be watching gleefully as the Lakers fall again tomorrow night. You can book it. It will happen. I'm sure the line is like minus 15 suns, even though they're on the road. You don't have to worry. It's not going to be a problem. That'll do it, guys. Recap show coming right after the buzzer tomorrow night. I will be right here at home, not a home game, so uh, no scheduling conflicts there. Be right back here tomorrow and every single day to listen, catch up, stay in the loop with your Phoenix Suns. I also have a surprise coming for you guys tomorrow. I'm excited to talk about it. So stay tuned and I will talk to you then.